On the north side of Chicago It's the coolest bar in town And if you go up there You better just beware You're gonna find a bunch of clowns It's a mad, mad, crazy bar The whole damn place is just so bizarre Full of all the vice and sin Where do we even begin? Tip your bartenders. Hey everybody, this is Pub Crawl Liz. Um, recording from home, but I'm happy to tell you that the genius is with us as well. Not in my home, thankfully, but from his home. We're patching him in. Genius, are you there? I'm here. Um. Uh, so yeah, thanks to everyone for tuning into a very a sort of a varied version of our podcast. But we're trying to do this, uh, navigate these waters, and the genius, of course, as everyone knows, is very dedicated to um, his craft and to this show and to you all. So, genius, say something. Well, it's true. I am very loyal. I just hope this. Uh this works um i'm very concerned because clown is his health is not good and this is a very bad time to uh, have health problems but he has to uh, go to the hospital on wednesday and either have his um what what the hell they call that uh, keeps his heart beating pacemaker to try to pacemaker yeah he's got to go to the hospital on wednesday and um Either have a new one put in or something, but he's filled with stress, and he and with with good cause because uh, my cardiologist told me that uh, people with uh, heart issues are way more susceptible uh, to the coronavirus than people with normal heart stuff. Not to mention, I'm taking some kind of um, immunity suppression, something that it suppresses my immunity type of drug which is not good wait but so this clown, drug this drug is the drug you're taking is for your mycena gravis yes and it, and it suppresses yeah. your immunity yeah i didn't know that it's it's i mean that's some, that's some fucking good information to know well I, yeah i'm glad he called me up and told me um did that he's, did, he's, was that of concern for you <laughs> yeah i'm concerned I'm concerned. Yeah, and you're the ding-dong who wanted to leave your house to move the equipment around. Well, I didn't see why that would be a big problem because... Because you got to leave your uh, home. Big fucking deal. I get my car. I, I get out and walk. I take walks. Yeah, you... Um, yeah, you got to take walks. Jesus Christ, my sleeping's so fucked up as it is. If I didn't take walks, I'd really be screwed up. I know you got to no, take walks. You got to move. You got to get some fresh air. But what I'm saying is... Yeah. Like, you can't get all willy-nilly and just get in your I, car. I, and I, I, I willy-nilly, when I get in my car, I drive to the bar, go down to the basement, I carry the box up, put it in my car, drive to Clowns, knock on his basement door, set it down. We don't even have to kiss or anything. And then he takes the equipment, and then he can do, you know, a clown is a professional performer. He's the clown. So he could do he could do now if this works, um, we could actually do one with clown too, couldn't we? Yeah. 
I mean, it's not the he, ideal situation, but yeah, well, it could be done. Yeah, but he's 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 very very concerned, and well, he should be. Yeah, he's high risk, like higher risk than you are. Yeah, well, he certainly seems to think so. I think I'm the highest risk there is. Why? But I'm not. But I'm not frightened like he is. Because of your immunity? Of course, because of course, you're old? I'm, I'm, yeah, because well, yeah, because I'm number one. I'm eighty. That's right. That's tops. And then I am taking immune suppressing drugs, and I had a, a heart situation. I'd, so I'd, I I'd be curious to ask our listeners who they think would be would be more uh, apt to get the corona first. Who's in greater danger? Is it clown or is it the genius? Well, I think there's any. I think our listeners aren't in any position to try to figure that out, but. Yeah, clown's younger than me, so he probably figures that it's less fair if he dies. Yeah, I agree. I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, and uh, now, clown hasn't always been a good boy. I've been a much better boy than he has been. Yes, you're full of shit. No, I have. Wait, in what way? In what way are you saying you're a better health, boy than health, he is? Health wise. Oh well, I think part of that is genetic. Um, I'm sure you guys have had yeah. your equal share of sexually transmitted diseases. Um, well, I thought I don't... No, what I'm talking about is he was warned numerous times about his drinking. And I, by the way, you, I'm sure you've never even seen me drunk. That's, that is true. You're a, a weird bard, yeah, dude. Yeah, I don't... If I, I know exactly how much I can drink. And I don't think I've been drunk until I've been in my thirties. Since I've been in my thirties, what? See, I got. I think I got drunk when I got out of jail. What kind of life is this? It's a it's a, a life of sobriety, and I've never taken drugs. I think Clown probably you certainly have Clown. I bet you he has. In fact, I know he has now. And so I never took drugs. I always got plenty of exercise. I've always eaten eaten. Uh, you know. Lots of fruits and lots of vegetables, and not nearly as much. Of course, I've always had to eat what I what I could get, and I do have a sweet tooth, but I've never gotten obese. I mean, I got full. I got that beer gut going, but so no, I've I've taken care of myself. It so baffles it baffles me how someone who was in their young prime in Chicago during the sixties wasn't going to partake in any sort of drug activity. See, see if, if that's, that's, that's the beauty of being a genius. When I was uh, like a kid, I was the worst juvenile delinquent there. I don't think it was a, actually a worst because I was more creative as a juvenile delinquent than the other just regular break windows type um, juvenile delinquents in Uppers Grove. But... When everybody was smoking, I went, what the fuck do I want to smoke for? I mean, like, that's being rebellious, right? Smoking? No, I'm not sp- going to smoke. I hate smoking. I hate smoking breath. I tell bitches that. Oh, I don't want to kiss you. You got icky poo-poo smoking breath. Yeah, that is nasty. No, I, and my parents get blue smoke in my goddamn face every time I get in a car when I was little. I don't want to puke from all this. I was locked in a... You know, it was it was awful. So I never smoked, and um, then I uh, 
Yeah, I, I mean, and then when drunk, like uh, when I was in high school, the kids were taking speed all over the place. I took one time, and I went, wait, it's fucking my sleep up. I'm not going to take speed. Ben, Benny's. They were taking Benny's. And then when I and back, and then when I moved to Chicago in the 60s in Old Town, yeah, everybody, everybody was smoking pot and shit. I took one little toke of pilot. What the fuck is this? I'm not a genius. My brain's not working. And uh, so, and plus, my enemies can get me. Leaves me wide open. So I know I never took fucking drugs. When I was living in San Francisco, I used to go to the um, Gold State Warriors all the, uh, home games with one of the bigger Coke dealers in um, San Francisco. We were we had season tickets together. And they were also uh, snorting coke. I never touched the shit. Had no well, that's, a, that's a little in- intense. No, well, how's it intense? It's just smart. Coke? No, I mean, I know, no, 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 no. I'm saying cocaine is a little intense. Well, whatever. You know, I didn't, I've never even snorted. I took a little toke of pot a couple times, but ugh, and I've never even been tempted to take uh, coke or anything else. Why? Why? I got this fucking. Uh, I got this once in, in, in a generation brain. Why would I want to uh, fuck with it? Plus, I got a lot of enemies. Um, I'm just saying that I think it's apples and oranges to talk about being no. drunk and being high on cocaine. Well, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I might have gotten a little... I mean, you know, you got to remember, I've been driving home from bars my entire life. Well, when I was a kid, when I first moved to Old Town, I could just walk home from the bar and at various times. But most, of, for the most part, I always lived in a place, and I never got nailed for drunk driving. I remember the closest I ever did was some piece of shit uh, Marin County Sheriff's Department. I was driving back from San Francisco and going down 101. I was totally cool. He pulls me over and says, I think you've been weaving. I wanted to get out and punch him in the face because I knew he was just, you know, those cops out there are, are relentless. And just then some guy went by about 120 miles an hour. He said, well, I got to go get him. But um, that's the closest I ever got caught to get nailed for drug trade. Because I imagine if he would have maybe do a breathalyzer, technically I would have been drunk. But no, I never drove home drunk. They say you're never Not supposed. Like, right. They say you're never supposed to say yes to those. Yeah, I know, but then you can't drive for six hours. I would have I would have said no. And yeah. I could have passed by physical sobriety. I know that. Hmm. Hey, did you hear that John Prine has the corona? Yeah, I heard. Hey, what, what's wrong with him? Because I remember he used to come around the LLs all the time. And then all of a sudden his fucking jaw looked all fucked up. It looked like they cut stuff out or something. Oh, I don't know. I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't know too much about his... Uh... I mean, he was never a pretty boy, but... Uh, but he was, like, going to be was, touring, like, last... I think last year, or this coming year. I don't no, even know. He's been touring. He was in the... Uh, he used to come in a lot, and then I saw him in there, I don't know, two or three years ago, with some broad and another guy. Yeah. Very odd-looking guy with that... Um, what kind of, what do they call that? Pompadour haircut or something like this? Yeah, it is it was a, a, a one. male man from, from May, Maywood, I guess. Yeah, Maywood. Earl, Earl... Uh, Earl started coming. Well, he he would come in uh, the he, uh during the art fairs. He was living out in um, Pullman, 
and he had a bunch of stuff. Very Earl was a very I, I spent a night in jail with Earl. You're talking about Earl Pianki, who owned the Earl of Old Town. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that whole I was in California when it became a folk place, and uh, Earl had you know he had a four o'clock well before the alehouse ever did. And after the Alice closed, we'd all go over to the Earl. And he had a partner named Vince, good-looking, uh, good-looking Italian guy. Earl, Earl and um, they had this gang called the Cleveland Street Aces, something like that. That was an old town gang, and the rival gang was were the Solomon Brothers. Ninas Solomon, who was uh, what the hell was his boxing name? He was smaller. Uh, he was not that big, but very mean looking guy. His brother, Timmy Solomon, but I always thought they were Jewish, but no, they were, what the hell were they? They were some kind of Arab type, uh, what the hell were the Solomon brothers? But they, anyway, they had the two toughest games and then gangs. And the night I was in jail with Earl, I would, I'd been, I'd gotten in some fight somewhere. And so they tossed me in a cell and there was urine all over the floor. It was about a half inch of urine. Yeah. And this, yeah, I know that's fucking Chicago. It was the old Chicago Avenue police station. So I'm sitting on the bench and all of a sudden, who comes in, but Earl. So now he's got to sit on the top bunk with me. And, um, so he kind of knew me a little cause I, what did he get pinched for? Oh, well, he, he was in shock. In fact, when I saw him, the last time I ever saw him alive, I remembered, I said, hey, Earl, remember I was in jail with you? And he turns to his wife and says, I told you, honey, I was in jail. (laughs) I was in jail with this guy. The reason he was in jail was because, um, you know, he was was real tight with Patty Bowler, the ultimate. He was one of Patty's guys. And uh, all the cops, you know, I mean, he took care of all the cops. But some fucking young copper knocks on the window about five in the morning and Earl's in there with a bunch of the of his pals, you know, with the, the uh, doors are all locked and all. And the guy wants to bust him for after hours. Earl let him in. He says, what, what, what do you want? He says, well, you're open. He says, no, I'm not open. He says, it's my friend. He couldn't believe it, but the guy busted him for having uh, after hours. So anyway, we're sitting up there and we're talking about... Um, you know, the old days in Old Town, they all went to um, whatever, Lincoln Park High School. It used to be Waller High School. I guess yeah. it was a real... It was real nasty, yeah. Yeah, real badass high school. And, uh, you know, Earl used to have a bar called the Barrel House or something over up around North and Halstead was real tough when I was a kid. Real, real tough. Barrel House or something like that. There was a couple of real tough dike bars up there, too. North of Dalston was a real badass place. And, you know, it's the old days before they widened North Avenue. And uh, then he moved He moved his bar down and got the Earl, right? The, kind of the beginning when Old Town was, you know, just starting to, to click right over. Because there was only four, three, four bars in the neighborhood then. So anyway, Earl... Um, so he, he, so he's telling me. So I was saying, you know, uh, who's the toughest guy in Old Town? And he said, Well, I'll tell you who the toughest guy in Old Town is. He said, It's not, it's not King Solomon, because I—that's why I thought, you know, everybody said, you know, in Studs Turkle's first book, Division Street America, he had a character named Kid Pharaoh that was really King Solomon, huh. and uh, so. 
and Solomon had that hot dog stand. Remember when Ogden Avenue went all the way to Clark Street? Were yeah. You still, were you born then? Yeah. Yeah. And there was, do you remember the big hot, hot dog stand right almost to Clark Street? There was a great big hot, hot dog stand. Anyway, that was uh, King Solomon. The Solomon brothers had that hot dog stand before they became juice enforcers and hung out at the Lincoln Hotel uh, via the bar there. Or the little shot store, um, re uh, restaurant that stayed open all night. So I asked him, who's the toughest guy in Old Town? In that day, he says, no doubt about it. He said it was, uh, it was, uh, Roland Farina, Dennis Farina's older oh, brother. Yeah. And I remember Roland very well. I mean, he, he didn't, well, he was big. He was a real big, kind of bald headed guy. But he, I saw him do it twice. I already could do it. And then I saw him do it. He could lean over a bar with his fist and just hit a guy on the top of the head and knock him cold. It was amazing to watch. And uh, he said that uh, everybody figured that King Solomon was the toughest guy in the whole town. And um, so uh, Roland, the Cleveland Street Aces had this Italian, although uh, uh, Earl was Pollock, but he was belonged to the Cleveland Street Aces. He said Roland went over three days in a row, knocked on the Solomon Brothers Clubhouse and challenged King Solomon and he said three days in a row, King Solomon came out and beat the shit out of him. And he said he went over the fourth day and he beat the shit out of King Solomon, which he says, now that's tough. That's that's kind of how Earl was tough. I mean, they, all those guys in there, Duke and Gus and Vince, you know, although some guy almost killed me in there one day and it took all of them to pull the guy off of me. Guy, some outfit guy from uh, Bridgeport. Man, he was beating the shit out of me. And Jackie McDermott, I, 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 God, I hated her. She had her head right down by the sidewalk while he was beating the shit out of me, yelling to the the guy, kill him, kill him. Re referring to me, kill me. <laughs> what a bunch of fucking delinquents. Yeah, they were um, very serious. I know you talked about uh, Dennis Farina and his family quite a bit, his siblings and everything, uh, the rough and tumble uh kids from old town but um you should listen to i know that you really don't listen to podcasts but there is a podcast called what the fuck with mark maron and he interviewed uh, uh this guy this guy mark maron uh, i'll send you the link but um he interviewed uh for one show he interviewed uh joe montaigne and he talks a little bit about about a lot of this shit so Who's, he's got an interesting uh, story. But anyway, I thought you might enjoy it because you could relate to a few things he says in there. But I'll send you the link. Well, this is my... I, I, was, but Montana wasn't... All, he was a Chicago guy. Yeah, I saw, I saw him in Dennis France and Terry Curtis Fox's Cops. Yeah. Which, uh, in a tiny little theater, probably no more than 40 seats, when, when they were both starting out. But David Mamet really screwed Mantegna. He was talking to that stupid Mamet bullshit. I think that really set his career back a little. Well, but, I also um, I also mention it because you went to see um, that play that he directed recently. Yeah, with um, Ronnie Marmol, the Lenny Bruce. Yeah, that was very good. It's yeah, still it's well, good. it was still around before all this nonsense started. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ronnie Mar uh, Rick Hogan took Ruth and me to see it. 
was really, really, really good. Yeah, I heard great things. Anyway, he talks about it in the podcast, too. So oh, you yeah. might enjoy it. I'll um, send you the link. But back to Earl, after Earl, when I was... So I, I guess, you know, Old Town was just changed, going through all kinds of crazy changes, and the owner of the alehouse sold it to some idiot named Joe Diaz. He screwed it up, but fortunately... My old pal Art Clue got some of the drunks over at Figaro's. They all pulled their money and bought the ale house, which ended up uh, amazingly in uh, in my possession. So it just goes to show. But Earl, Earl, uh, the, from what I heard, the Earl was on the la- he broken up with. Vin- I don't know. Vin- I I like Vince a lot. I don't know where I am to him. But um, Earl was not above cheating people up all, all over the place. But it looked like he was on his last legs at the Earl. And then all of a sudden, I don't know whether it was the Olsteins or Udell came in there and said, why don't you start doing, uh, doing uh, folk music? And um, Bonnie Colick and Prine and, oh, uh, what was his name? The guy who wrote the Cubs song, Goodman. Goodman, Steve Goodman. Steve Goodman. Yeah, I mean, they all, and the place became huge, and all of a sudden, Earl became this great, great big folk music hero, and he didn't know shit about folk music. And uh, so, uh, there you go. It was, there you it go. Gave a whole hey, new, gave a, I'm curious uh, to dig into something you said earlier about the fact that the Earl had a 4 a.m. license. So, did the ale house not have a late license to start? No, they didn't get a late license till I think they moved across the street. You know, after the fire, which was around seventy, so, yeah. <clears throat> they, they, they. You know, I have described how they got Arthur got about forty drunks to carry the bar in one piece all the way out. Yeah, the yeah. And then and move it into the old butcher shop. And then and hardly missed a beat. But I think, I don't know whether B, was B's idea, maybe, I, very well could have been B's idea. Because, you know, the bar was really struggling. You know, the neighborhood was struggling. There was a lot of racial uh, tensions going on. And and the bar was, you know, pretty rough. But I, they got the idea, let's get a four o'clock license. And, uh, so I, did it originally I, I, close at two? Pardon? What time was the original closing time? Two. At two, yeah, yeah. So then yeah, you could you could just easily apply. You could just easily what? apply for a four a.m. license. No, well, it was a lot easier then. I mean, we, you know, when here's the thing that really disgusting, disgusting, and and given the fact that you're into bars and history and all this, Richie Daly, who, who I've never I've been into presence numerous times and with his wife before she got sick and they were huge drinkers i mean they'd sit there and slam all night and i I remember a few times seeing with the kids but the kids were both alcoholics both the daily both of richie's kids were, were drunks so when he becomes mayor his old lady blames bars on the fact that they have these two rotten horrible fucking kids and they're both massive drunks, in trouble drunks. And um, so her whole idea was, well, I just closed down bars, and especially the four o'clocks. And um, 
so all those that's when we started losing all these neighborhood bars. The yuppies would move into a neighborhood, kind of yuppify it. The first thing they want to do is get rid of the neighborhood bars, which is the whole character of the fucking neighborhood where the bars. And um, so we were, you know, fortunately the L House was grandfathered into being four o'clock and grandfathered into not having to have handicapped bathrooms or grandfathered into not having to serve food. Huge. I mean, because serving food is, for most bars, that's a nightmare. Extra licenses, extra people working, and uh, it's it's really, but that's all Richie Daly bullshit. God, I'm so glad he's disappeared to the face of the earth. And um, so that, so in the old days, we when I, before I moved to California, the ritual was, especially Friday, Saturday nights, We'd close the bar on two, uh, Friday and Saturday at 2. And Earl, well, actually, with his partner, Vince, would always keep a table open for all the alehouse people coming to cram around the table. And um, so that was before the music and stuff. But, yeah, it was, there was another 4 o'clock, the, which became the Tequila Roadhouse. I forget what the hell it was before. Oh, my God, that, that, that place. Was, yeah, I that know. Was that, was that was called Exit. That's called Exit. Yeah, right. That was always a nightmare. Tequila, exit was, was cool. Over. Tequila Roadhouse is a shit box. Well, that were, that was always the cops always knew which. That's which a that's a that's a stupid ass bar where you'd have like these bachelorette parties roll on in or bachelor parties, and like thirty minutes into it, they were doing their seventh shot of tequila, and the stupid people were like standing on the tables, actually like uh, dancing around and and being dumb. That place was yeah, the that pits. was that was how it was. And the motorcycle gangs used to stay out there too, and they would be blasting their their motorcycle. You know, neighbors were going nuts. And they, they, yeah. they got their license pulled a couple times, but each time on a technicality, they got it back. And it was always a nightmare down at that end of the street. Beatrice lived in the building, and she she, she just said she had a window, you know, right above the, uh, well, I think it was, by then it was a tequila roadhouse. Oh, my God, what a horrible place. Yeah, that place blew. Um, yeah. All right, well, so how are you guys doing over there? What have you guys been up to? How are you keeping yourself busy? Uh, well, I never have any problem keeping busy. Um, I haven't really even addressed. I've got, we got the book cover, hopefully, completed. Oh, yes. Okay, everybody. So a, very, very quick a, update on the book. Bruce's yeah. book. I have already done my job in terms of formatting it, which took forever, and uh, getting all that process. Bruce redid his painting so that it would be more amenable to having on a book cover, and that book cover yeah, is and, now. And Ruth, Ruth took a high-definition photograph. Yeah, she took a high-res photo. So I've sent that to our designer, Chad, who's uh, putting it all together now. And so hopefully this book will be um, done in the sense of it being designed by next week, and then who knows what will happen because I don't know what the fuck's going on with anything these days. Well, uh, yeah, because Amazon is being an asshole about what they'll do, you know, I don't know. So, but, and it's a shame actually because, well, of course, I have three other books for people to read during this time. But, uh, so anyway, I never have, I've spent my entire life killing time. So I, that's not a problem. I've got about six, seven paintings that are in various stages of completion. I want to do some more bar portraits. So uh, there's plenty for me to do. Plus, I've been reading. Not, well, I'm doing the blog four days a week now. 
So that 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 takes time each day. Plus, I'm working on very. I've got chronic fatigue, which I assume has something to do with the myasthenia, but it's also because I'm not getting proper exercise. But I'm tired all the time. Like as soon as this is over, I got to run and take my fourth nap of the day. But I, I don't sleep at night. I got three hours sleep last night. I woke up at three. And um, actually less because we went to bed about one thirty, and then so I went and read, and then I went back to sleep. But it takes forever to fall asleep. So then I get up, I take naps. So um, I hope the weather gets better. How have you been doing though by not going to the bar every night? Uh, the, well, I get now I'm getting tons more reading done. I, I read. I know, but like, are you, are you sad? Well, I mean that's my social life, but no. I mean how can I? But how can I feel sorry for myself given that you know people are dropping dead all over the place? Well, sure, sure, and, sure. But you, and I mean, we've got, you got a the president. It's it's you yeah. know it, it's all various levels. You can each have individual sadness, your own situation, and yeah, blah well, blah I, blah. I, I, I've never been one to feel too much sorry. <laughs> if I want to feel sorry for, for, I mean, if you feel sorry for yourself, just go to a hospital, walk in the lobby, well, take sure. a good look, and, and then then feel sorry for yourself. Come on. Of course, that's, of course. Yeah. Um, I get pissed. I'm getting pissed off. Yeah. I mean, I'm pissed off. I mean, you know, and the fact that, I mean, pissy face. These incoherent press conferences he throws every day and his poll numbers are going I mean really I I get kicked off I got kicked off Twitter for life without any even discussion because I showed a picture of the Surgeon General that's probably a 40 year old uh, fairly slender black uh, Surgeon General said that Trump was healthier than he is so I put up uh, I put up a picture of him in his military outfit, and I said, "Uncle, the Uncle Tom Surgeon General said that uh, Trump was healthier than him, and that that was it." Then on Facebook, I got a three day suspension for what. Um, Commenting about the uh, Trump's poll numbers going up, and people, I said, and people ask me why I hate America. That was three days. So now the internet is fucking with me all over the place. And the bad thing about the uh, Twitter, I could come up with a different situation, but that, the bad thing about that is I built up like almost three thousand fans. Yeah, you win followers. some, you lo- you win some, you lose some. Whatever. No, but I picked up, I picked up most of them during the Bourdain stuff. Of course. Um. Anyway, so it's it's annoying. I mean, I'm I'm constantly annoyed, and um, I have to be a little careful when I insult people on Facebook because I don't want to get suspended right now. Yeah, it's your only social my, life. Yeah, that's my social life right now. See, I've been doing. I've been trying to do the opposite. I've been doing. You know how we're all social distancing. I'm also. Yeah, but you're living. You're living with two other broads. Oh, well, true, true. But I'm also trying to social media distance. I'm trying because I don't. There's a lot of stupid shit on the internet, and I don't want to listen, hear it. That's all. Well, you got, don't you have? Aren't you concerned how your friends are doing? Well, sh- I mean, I talk to them. I'm just saying, but I don't need Facebook or Twitter or any of that shit to talk to them. 
you know, Facebook is just a dumb feed of people showing you stupid shit or talking about dumbass things. Oh, there's funny stuff there. There's occasionally. People people that say funny stuff. I mean, I've been unfriended three or four people (laughs) recently. I'm not surprised. Now that they're all all home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. They got time to sort of scroll through their friend list going, yep, that one doesn't need to be around. People are very irritable. Yeah, it's because they're watching. Because they're watching too much social media. Well, no, I think it's just claustrophobia. You know, you got to remember, I've been killing time since you know. (laughs) Well, you've never, you've never had to actually get up and go do something. Well, when you're in jail, you do. You know, you don't have to get up. You have to get up. They make you get up at a certain time and be somewhere for work, report to work, be there for a certain amount of time. When I when I was at my fiftieth high school reunion, I I did mention to everyone that you know because I was when I, the the day I graduated, I announced I was retiring, and uh, so I but at my fiftieth reunion, I said, you know, I'm seriously thinking about joining the workforce <laughs> because they were all talking about they're retiring. retiring, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I can see how it's sort of like status quo yeah, for you. A, no, as long as I have my books and, and yeah. Uh, paints and paper and pen. oh no I don't I don't get I don't get I never get bored I can't ever remember too the only time I get bored is if I'm in a bar and somebody gets me like gets me in a chatting with you oh yeah I've been there yeah or that's why I hate going to parties because somebody's aunt gets you in the corner or something like that <laughs> and you can't you can't tell them what a stupid fuck they are so you have to be kind of civil I hate that I hate, that's why I don't like going to parties all right noted um I have been really trying to be positive with my time and getting a lot of reading done and a lot of writing done and working and going on bike rides and uh, sort of do a little drawing here and there. I've been cooking like crazy, like crazy. Um, well, are you getting? Are you doing getting exercise? Because you don't want to get. You don't want to be a big big blimp when you're no that's why i go for walks and i go for uh bike rides and then my gym is doing virtual classes in fact i'm gonna do one tonight at 6 p.m i fire up my computer and my and my coach is on the other side and we do a workout a 45 minute workout uh so that's well, good yeah i mean i obviously you know what they said that today was technically this was two weeks ago today that uh we went, you know, we remember the bar, they closed the town. Yeah. Side. And I knew it took, I, this would just be warming up by now. I mean, the question really is now, what the fuck is, what, what lays ahead? Because it's got to be at least another, when, when, I, it's got, I see no way that they can open the bars of, in less than a month. Yeah, I I mean, say, I'd keep, say the earliest would be early May. I don't think there's any, you really think they could though? No, I mean, I think that that'd be the earliest, but I actually think it'll be more real- realistic toward the end of May. Like social distancing in a fucking bar. How do you do that? Come on. Yeah. So I, I, I'm this, this. I mean, this. this I mean, two weeks is nothing. But Jesus Christ. I mean, I just worry about you know the people that work for us, or, or just people in general at work. You know, especially especially in the service industry, they're getting fucked now. Toby is really investigating all the, you know, loans and uh, all the unemployment 
deals and stuff like that. And she she's good at that stuff. So um, you know, maybe she'll have some good ideas. I got a few ideas about trying to raise dough. I mean, if we could just get some posters and T-shirts and sell them, and the bartenders and dormant could get the money, but. It's uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a real tough. Fuck. And you know, once again, it's always the working people that get fucked. And um, and then fucking Trump. I I mean, the guy. I mean, my contempt for him. I mean, it doesn't change. It's, it's, I've always despised him. It's the people that support him. But here's the guy blaming doctors and nurses for stealing. He's a lot of that equipment goes out the back door. You know, all the man. What? What is what world do these people live in? The doctors and nurses are stealing the the uh, personal protection stuff. God, holy Christ! Of course, and then we were all going to be it's all going to be over Easter. Well, now it's not. So he's con- he's convinced. He's convinced, right? Easter's going to go on. No, now he says. Now he says. Although he can, I mean, then you got people like. Here's the if he had if he the guy had a brain you closed the whole country down for for a month or yeah I I am truly truly surprised that this every single state isn't on isn't in shelter in place but, well they should be but he's not doing stuff like, because what all right so we we get we get uh, we close down New York and Chicago and L A and the big cities and then these the hillbilly states. You know, where, you know, the incest states like uh, Mississippi and Alabama, they, you know, they're going to be getting it. And then just when we're, we're get, you know, we're, we're tail end of ours, all of a sudden these fucking yokel rednecks are going to be, you know, bringing it everywhere. I know. I think, so, I think just today Virginia went on lockdown. Just today. Yeah. And, and they're and they're not as primitive as the other southern states. Right. Shame on them. Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right. Well, listen. Um, I'm gonna let you go nap. Yeah, I gotta take a nap. I gotta. Well, I gotta go eat. Fortunately, um, rock and roll roast cooking is really. It just keeps getting better and better. And Toby's been cooking her ass off, and she's been dropping stuff off. So. Oh, good. And by the way, a little shout out Trader Joe's because that's our closest grocery store. Ruth went over there the other day at nine in the morning when when they opened. There was a huge line of regular people, and then they got the senior citizen line, mm-hmm. and it was not very long. And she went right over the senior line, and when she went in, they gave her a wiped off cart, and the place was stocked very well. So. Um, Shout out, you know, giant shout out to Trader Joe's, and a big Every, shout out to all doing the that. nurses. Everyone's doing and that. I, and I told um, the Swedish sailor Michelle that she's my hero because she's out there on the front lines, throwing these people in ambulances. So uh, yeah, okay. Well, that's it. We we got we need uh, we need clown to. To get okay, he's got to get room. better. I'll check in on I, him. Yeah, check check on him. All right, because he sound he didn't sound good. So okay, I hope the hell this worked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it will it will work. Um, okay, genius. As we do every show, say good night, genius. Good night, genius.
Thanks for listening, everybody. Be safe. Be well. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.